Section 8 of Sermons to Children by Sabine Baring Gould. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. Recording by Marianne. Sermon 8. Idle Talk. Lent. Psalm 39, verse 1. I said, I will take heed to my ways, that I offend not in my tongue. When Jephthah went with the Gileadites to fight against the children of Ammon, he called the Ephraimites to help him. But they took no notice of his summons. Jephthah then went alone with his Gileadites against the enemy, and defeated them with a great slaughter. On his return home he found that the Ephraimites were ranged with warlike intentions against him, for they disputed his right to be judge over Israel, and they were envious of the glory gained by the Gileadites. Jephthah did not want to fight, but they were determined to do so, and threatened to burn him and his house with fire. So a battle was fought, and Jephthah put parties of Gileadites to watch the fords of the river Jordan, over which the enemy would escape and get back home. And when the fugitives came to the fords, and mingled with them, who were the pursuers, the Gileadites on guard were not quite sure which were which, for some of those flying pretended not to be Ephraimites. Now it happened that there was a difference in pronunciation of the letter S on one side of the Jordan and the other. And the guards said to the fugitives, Say now, Shibboleth. And if they said Sibboleth, then they knew at once they were enemies and slew them. The tongue betrays the man. Out of the abundance of the heart the mouth speaketh. A good man out of the good treasure of his heart bringeth forth good things, and an evil man out of the evil store of his heart produces evil things. The wise man by his words maketh himself beloved, but the vile person will speak villainy. When the Jews could find no occasion against Christ in his acts, they sought to entangle him in his talk. When St. Peter had denied his Lord and endeavored to escape from the judgment hall of the high priest, the servants knew that he must have been one of Christ's disciples by his tongue. Surely thou art one of them, for thou art a Galilean, and thy speech agreeeth thereto. Surely thou also art one of them, for thy speech betrayeth thee. Holy Scripture has a great deal to say about sins of the tongue. We are often very careful not to do anything that is sinful, but we are far less careful about our words than our acts. We guard our tongues much less than our hands. And yet we may sin quite as grievously with one as with the other. A guard is needed on our speech quite as much as on our acts. We shall be judged for what we have said as well as for what we have done. Consider how much evil can be wrought by the tongue. Lies, sins against the truth, Slander, sins against the character of our neighbors. Unseemly speech, sins against decency. Boasting, sins against modesty. Swearing and cursing, sins of profanity. Excessive speech, a sin of wastefulness. Clamor, an exhibition of temper. Let us consider these very shortly. God is truth. The devil is said to be the father of lies, a liar from the beginning and we are told that among those who will be excluded from heaven is every one who loveth and maketh a lie. There are various ways of telling lies, and some lies are much worse than others. Lies which have been premeditated, that is, lies that have been deliberately planned, are much worse than those told without forethought. And disingenuousness, prevarication or quibbling, evasion of the truth, are all forms of lying. Truthfulness is one of the noblest characteristics of a man, 
and it is one of the most precious graces of a Christian. Putting away lying, says St. Paul, speak every man truth with his neighbor, for we are members of one another. Slander is the speaking evil of others. As with a blow we may hurt another man's body, so with a word we may wound his honor. As with the sword we may kill his body, so with the tongue we may kill his character. The law everywhere recognizes that a man's honor is his most precious possession, and so it punishes, where it can, those who steal his honor, just as it punishes those who steal his money. But it is much harder to catch the thief or murderer of a good name than the thief who runs off with a cash box or the assassin who kills a man. Now, if it be right to act kindly and justly in our dealings with others, it is also right to speak kindly and justly of them. We are sitting very grievously if we steal from them their honor, wound their good name, just as we sin very grievously if we take their money or run a knife into their bodies. Unseemly speech is also a sin of the tongue. St. Paul says, Let no corrupt communication proceed out of your mouths, but that which is good to the use of edifying. There are some things, he adds, which it is a shame even to speak of. All uncleanness, let it not be once named among you, as becometh saints, neither filthiness, nor foolish talking, nor jesting, which are not convenient. He does not mean that we are not to talk cheerfully and jest, but not to make coarse, nasty jokes. Boasting, again, is a sin of the tongue. Boast not thyself of tomorrow, says Solomon, for thou knowest not what a day may bring forth. Let another man praise thee, and not thine own mouth. There is no glory, he says, everywhere, in a man searching out his own glory. Of boasting I need not say very much, for it is one of the most offensive of the sins of the tongue, and, among children, is most speedily put down by themselves. A vainglorious bragging, boy or girl, is generally disliked, and is sure to be made to feel the disgust boasting inspires on all sides. Where boasting is, there is no modesty, no humiliation. The modest mind seeks to hide from sight, the humble mind thinks little of itself. Swearing and cursing, again, are sins of the tongue. To swear is to call God to witness that which is said is true. To curse is to call down God's wrath on some person or thing. Above all, my brethren, says St. James, swear not, neither by heaven, neither by the earth, neither by any other oath, but let your yea be yea, and your nay, nay. And the apostle in thus exhorting you is only repeating the words of Christ. I say unto you, swear not at all, neither by heaven, for it is God's throne, nor by earth, for it is his footstool, neither by Jerusalem, for it is the city of the great king. But let your communications be yea, yea, nay, nay, for whatsoever is more than these cometh of evil. Cursing is more dreadful than swearing. It is the most horrible form of prayer, the prayer of devils, a cry indeed to God, but to God to bring misery and pain and damnation, not mercy and comfort and salvation. Excessive speech, I said, was a sin of wastefulness. When I say so, I dare say you thought I said something very strange, but I have already spoken to you about wastefulness, and how we should use all things in moderation. We must not waste our money, nor our time, nor our words. There is one, says the author of Ecclesiastes, that keepeth silence, and is found wise, and another by much babbling becometh hateful. 
A wise man will hold his tongue till he sees opportunity, but a babbler and a fool will regard no time. I knew a poor family. The man and his wife drank and idled. They had a cottage and garden. In winter they pulled up the palings round their garden and burned them. Then they broke up parts of the floor and burned them. Then they chopped up the garden gate and burned it. Then they tore down the doors of the rooms and burned them. Then they pulled the chimney pieces out of the walls and burned them. They must keep the fire up, and so they laid their hands on anything, however necessary, and turned it into fuel. An idle tongue is like the fire of these people. It must be kept going. If there is proper fuel, well. If not, anything, however unsuitable, must be used. An excessive talker will talk of anything, what he knows and what he does not know, good and bad, truth and lies, slander, unseeming speech, folly. It matters not. The tongue must clack. An immoderate speaker is certain to commit many sins of the tongue, because he or she cannot refrain from speaking, having lost all control over the tongue, as to when it should speak, all control as to what it should speak of goes as well. A man full of words, says David, shall not prosper upon the earth, and the reason is clear. Having no control over his tongue, it is always getting him into scrapes and setting people against him. Clamor is also a sin of the tongue, by which I mean all bitterness and wrath and anger and evil speaking, which ought to be put away. A noisy, contentious, quarrelsome person is a person who is constantly sinning with his tongue. His heart is wrong, for he is at enmity with others. And as the heart is wrong, what proceeds out of it is bad. He does not speak the truth. He exaggerates. He slanders. He curses. He uses his tongue as a weapon of offense. But clamor is also wrong when it is a mere rude noisiness. I do not say it is then actually wicked, but it is unchristian. It was said of Christ, He shall not strive nor cry, neither shall any man hear his voice in the streets. If we would be like Christ, we must strive to be gentle and subdued, even in our mirth, and avoid riotousness and uproariousness. When a doctor seeks to know your health, he looks at your tongue. He knows by its condition what is the state of your bodily health. Your tongues also give pretty sure token of the state of your spiritual health. If they are clean, your hearts are clean. If they are furred with falsehood, your hearts are false. Try, my dear children, to keep a guard on your tongue. Pray with David. Set a watch, O Lord, before my mouth, and keep the door of my lips. But at the same time endeavor to keep your hearts simple, true, loving, modest, and then from them will pour forth only what is honest, kindly, straightforward, and pure, for out of the abundance of the heart the mouth speaketh. End of section 8